It's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by Flint composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Program. Here's your host. Have you lost your job and your health care coverage due to COVID-19? You're not alone, and Genesee Health Plan can help. I called, and they provided health care enrollment over the phone with Medicaid, HealthCare.gov, and Genesee Health Plan. They made sure I had access to doctor visits, my prescriptions, and more. Getting health care coverage can be confusing. You don't have to do it alone. Get help with GHP. Call 844-232-7740 or go to GeneseeHealthPlan.org. We're in this together, and together we'll get through it. Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Tom Sumner. we got a great one today. Coming up the first couple hours, we're going to talk about, uh, well, Canadian mystery novelist Louise Penny has uh, 16 best-selling books. Her most recent is All the Devils Are Here. She was on the show back in uh, 2015, and... Um, but this, this newest book has uh, brought to my attention and to uh, our show a uh, phenomenal British actor who does the narration uh, of this book and uh, I think the last five, um, her six most recent uh, Inspector Gamache series uh, installations, uh, um, or installments rather, um, and we're going to be talking with him. He's probably best known in the uh, in the U.S. for his role as Sir Anthony Strallen in Downton Abbey, um, his, uh, the series he's in, uh, Toast of London, is uh, available to American audiences, um, but we're going to talk with him about lending his uh, inimitable style to the six most recent uh, Inspector Gamache books uh, by Louise Penny. His name is Robert Bathurst, he'll be joining me in just a couple of minutes. And then um, that, that made me a little nostalgic for what was a really delightful conversation with the author herself, Louise Penny. I spent an hour with her um, in uh, interview in 2015. And so we're going to have an encore of that coming up in the second hour of our three-hour tour. And then in the third hour, I uh, just recently spoke with the... Um, uh, a pediatric uh, oncologist from Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, Dr. Ann Riley, talking about pediatric cancer research, and we'll talk about that. And we'll squeeze in some uh, back-to-school stuff as well during our three-hour tour known as the Tom Sumner Program today. So I, I hope you enjoy all that, and um, I, I hope things are going well for people heading uh, back to back to work, back to school. Uh, there are certainly uh, lots of uh, 
changes in the in the new normal and uh, so I wish you all the best with that and uh, let's see what else uh, can I can I share um, oh I know uh, coming up tomorrow on the show of course it's armchair politics and we'll have uh, political operative Bobby Clayton Walton will be joining our roundtable regulars who are of course Flint's premier political pundit Paul Rosicki on the left longtime Genesee County Republican Henry Hatter on the right and we'll talk about um, mail-in voting and uh, who said what we have uh, as we always do commentary and analysis on local state and national uh, news headlines and current events plus our uh, uh, weekly quotes and um, my favorite segment from armchair politics the uh, coveted x-files that's all coming up tomorrow tomorrow wednesday if it's wednesday it's armchair politics so i hope you'll uh, join us for that in the meantime uh, stay uh, stay tuned don't touch that dial don't click that mouse i'll be uh, kicking things off uh, for today's show with uh, british actor from the uk robert bathurst joining me by phone in uh, well in about 15 seconds so stand by And welcome back, everybody. Uh, my guest this hour is the star of Stage, Screen, and Audiobooks. In fact, he is the winner of the 2020 Audio Award, a uh, an award for audiobook narration. He won uh, Best of Male Narrator. Um, and he has uh, lent his narration to the six most recent books in the uh, Inspector Gamash mystery series uh, penned by number one New York Times best-selling author Louise Penny who has been a guest on the show before um, but I think most American audiences would know this uh, wonderful actor for his role as Sir Anthony Strallen in Downton Abbey he joins me by phone I believe from the UK uh, it's a, an honor and a privilege to welcome Robert Bathurst to the show. Good morning, Robert. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Tom. Lovely to talk to you. That's probably one of my longer introductions, but I think you're worth it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you say I lent my I lent my services to, uh, to to the book. I sold my services to the to, uh, to the book for this uh, for this narration. It was uh, it's an, it's the sixteenth of the latest of the. Inspector Gamache series by Louise Penny. I think you said you've met Louise Penny on the, on the online. Yeah, I, I interviewed her back in 2015. In fact, I'm gonna I'm gonna play an encore of that uh, later in the show this morning. But um, but I wanted to ask you, and I'm glad you made the distinction between lending your voice and <laughs> and, and outright selling yourself to, to the uh, to to the series. Um, but what I wanted to ask you is is as an actor, what goes into the decision-making process for you in in deciding whether you're going to take a role like Sir Anthony Strallen in Downton Abbey, or reading the books of uh, Louise Penny, or or any of the stage roles that you've played. Well, I tell you what, I I, I really like it when when a project is unusual, uh, and and when a project isn't isn't obvious. Um, in terms of Downton Abbey or any a, a number of other things I've done. Um, the, 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 if the idea is, isn't 
obviously a hit or it has some sort of um, uh, jeopardy in it in, the, in that it might be the end of my career. It's, all, it's a good excuse for taking these jobs. Um, it, what, Downton Abbey wasn't ever likely to be the end of my career, but it, but it was the first series. I was involved in the first series, a uh, Christmas one, and then the third series when I left um, Lady Edith at the altar and uh, earned the, um, uh, well, quite a lot of opprobrium worldwide for doing that. And um, one of the great things about taking on a project is, is, the, is the unknown. Going into a project on its seventh series has no great mystery to it. There's no great sort of risk. It's, a, it's an established thing which, which is already a hit. But going into a series for its first series and then seeing whether it becomes a hit or not is, uh, is, a, is a real thrill, and that's, that's, that's the sort of the pleasure of it. Is there a greater reward um, when there's greater risk? Absolutely, yes. I mean, I, I did a series which actually is on, uh, it's available in the States called Toast of London, and uh, it's, it's, it's bizarre, and it's strange, and it's got its own language. And when I first read the, read the script, I wondered, what is going on here? I really sort of don't <laughs> get it. And then I read it, and I, I thought, well, that's a good enough reason for doing it, because, because it's, it's obviously different. It's very difficult. What my least favorite word in media circles is the word meat. You might well come across people who re- refer to a project as being Mary Poppins meets Lawrence of Arabia or something like that. It, yeah, exactly. Hybrid, hybrid of two things that uh, are popular. They put them together and they expect that the, the child of it will be, will be a hit too. Um, what I like is when, when things don't, don't have an obvious catchphrase like that and, and that something doesn't appear to be uh, a, likely, a likely winner. Um, and there's no real language for originality. They have to find adjectives, um, and people aren't very good at finding adjectives of, uh, to, to express originality. They prefer to use uh, references to previous hits. Uh, when, when anybody says anything, a project meets another project, I always think it's time to walk in the opposite direction. Yeah, the idea is that if you do a mashup of two things that were hits, you're, you're creating another hit. Yeah, and, and I think the opposite is true, usually. Um, yet uh, these these uh, quote risky roles that you've been attracted to uh, seem to come out on top. Is that do you, do you have a, a special sense of what Not a, is quality or what's likely to to do well? Well, it's, it'd be hubristic for me to say um, everything I do is is wonderful because it, it isn't, and and uh, <laughs> there's been some real turkeys along the way. And, uh, the, and there have also been the disappointments. You talk to any actor, and they, they've got and usually got a uh, in their back pocket a list of uh, what ifs and should haves and could haves uh, things, which, projects which they're sure should have gone to a second series or projects, stage projects which 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 never took off. Um, and yeah, in 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 any list of successes that uh, you might have be have the luck to be involved in, there is a litany of of uh, of damage along the way and uh, things projects which which haven't caught on despite one's you know your judgment as to thinking all well, this might be might be good or might not be who knows but um yeah there's lots of lots of if onlys uh, in any career yeah robin williams referred to the period of time following uh, the the making of the movie popeye a downturn in his career as the popeye years <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think if, if you're, the thing is, if you're, you're lucky to have any years as a performer, if you, if you manage to keep a career going, there's going to be some Popeye years in there. And uh, there are times when, when, when the only person telling you that you should carry on is yourself. And uh, so, yeah, you've, you've got to have that sort of resilience and that self-belief 
Um, so, uh, yeah, to have some Popeye years is inevitable, I'm afraid, if anybody's starting out now. Now, Louise uh, Penny, her books, um, she's won many awards for, for her writing, and she's had, uh, as you mentioned, 16 best-selling books. What What made this attractive to you? How was this a risk or, or quirky? How did this uh, um, play out on your... Uh, criteria for selecting a role well uh, i came in late to it i, I took over uh, following the sad demise of the previous reader ralph Cosham, who was in hugely popular with 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 um uh, gamash readers he had done uh, I, I started on the 11th of 16 ralph had had, re had read the first 10 and uh, he very sadly died and uh, they were obviously in in need of finding another uh, reader um and so it sort of came my way. Louise, I believe, uh, if I understand from what she said, um, had, a, had a choice in the matter. And um, you have to ask her why she picked me. But I, I, um, I got the nod and, and I've read the last one, two, three, four, five, six of them. Um, uh, so well, when, it, when it first came, I hadn't read the, the previous series. I, had to, I didn't know it. I just had to mug up on it. And... Um, so I felt my first book of hers was The Nature of the Beast, which, as I say, was, was her 11th. And uh, they appealed. They appealed enormously. Um, you work harder doing an audio book than you do doing any other, <laughs> any other acting. Um, and certainly it's harder than just turning up and doing a commercial with one or two lines. It's, <laughs> right. Uh, it's, a, it's, a complete, it's a complete commitment. I don't regard it as a, as a reading. I, like any reader, I think you regard it as a performance, especially if there are characters involved. And in the last episode, last um, episode, last uh, novel that she's written, there were, there were, I think, 42 characters. Half of them were French. So, you know, you have to... It's, it's an acting job, not just a, a reading one. Now, um, and, uh, I, it's, uh, it's a huge thing to take on. I mentioned when I introduced you, Robert, that, that um, hey, I thought you were in the U.K. Are you, are you, in fact, in the U.K.? I am, yes. yes I'm just, and and Louise is in Canada. Is, is there a lot of work back and forth between uh, uh, Canadian artists and, and uh, artists in the UK? There, there, there isn't. Um, I mean, it's a mystery as to why I got, I got called. I mean, the, the, the thing is that the books are set in French Canada, in Quebec. Correct. And um, she and, and Gamache himself um, spent a lot of time in England. So the, the rationale for having a, an English voice uh, doing them, or an Anglo voice, is that, uh, is that um, if I was um, Anglo-Canadian, then the French then the French Canadians might find that a problem. If I was French Canadian, then there wouldn't be the, the wider market for it. Perhaps um, if I'm um, Canadian, would the would the uh, USA market uh, how would they take it? So the thinking is to have an Anglo voice in it because the central character has spent a lot of time in England. Um, so yeah, the the, sort of the connection between. Um, the books and and England is slightly tenuous, but but it just does mean that um, I can read it in my own way without necessarily putting in uh, trying to be um, a, a Canadian or trying to be French Canadian or trying to be American, and it and it takes away all those sort of hurdles for the listener. More with British actor Robert Bathurst straight ahead. Hello out there, everybody. It's me, Tigger. T-I-double-G-R. That spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner program on account of because he's so bouncy. <laughs> 
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. A social distancing tip. Putting distance between yourself and others is critical to slowing the spread of coronavirus. So here are ways to stay in contact without the physical contact part. Call, send a text, set up a video conference, post on social media, dedicate a song on the radio. If you have symptoms of fever, dry cough, and shortness of breath, call your health care provider before going to their office. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part, because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the America, your children have an amazing superpower. They can help save lives by not having playdates. That's right. By replacing get-togethers with virtual playdates and video chats, they can help slow the evil spread of germs. And if your superheroes do go outside, make sure they continue their superhero wing by staying six feet away from others to protect everyone in America land. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Your calls matter. Join me and Andrea weekdays from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern to talk about whatever you want to talk about. The Tom Sumner Program has open phone lines Monday through Friday to hear from you. How's 2020 working out for you so far? How about those damn roads? Call in live at 810-339-8255. It's all about you. We'll be streaming live at TomSumnerProgram.com and simulcast on WFOV 92.1 FM in Flint. Foil hats are optional. You thought you had every Elvis record made, but wait, Elvis sings again, this time from heaven. That's right, Elvis from heaven. Yes, hear Elvis from Graceland in the Sky, soul-stirring versions of epic proportions. You'll hear Elvis crooning, early gate rock, all dug up, lying in the chapel, and 11 others. This record also includes a special Elvis message. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Elvis Presley. Order before midnight tonight and receive this Elvis Presley commemorative casket keychain. Open it up. Yes, the king inside. A must for any Elvis fan. Order yours today. To order your Elvis from Heaven, send $9.95 in checker money order to Elvis from Heaven, P.O. Box 714, Cleo, Michigan, 44487. Or save COD charges and phone 555-5554. Use Master Charge or Visa, Canadian residents, add $3. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology. Engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. Tom Sumner Program.com The Tom Sumner Program.com 
This is Congressman Dan Kildee, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. More with British actor Robert Bathurst straight ahead. You touched on this a moment ago, Robert, and I wanted to explore it a little more. Um, The difference between taking on a performance as a narrator versus taking on a role. Um, how, How is it different approaching that? I've done uh, non-fiction audiobooks, and um, it is different because you 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 have to <laughs> you have to just set your jaw, set your face, uh, find uh, what they call the schwa, the the, the the sort of the noise in between the words for each character, and 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 just um, kid yourself. You're 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 playing playing them for the for the duration of that line, and then you've got to hop onto the next character. Um, so each each reading, if you have a good director, I've got a wonderful director called Laura Lai King, and, and she's an actor and she's a, a great um, uh, reader of audiobooks too. And and she gets it. She understands that that sometimes you have to go over it again, or sometimes you have to put a slight gap in between of playing two characters, especially if they're new. If they're regular characters, there's a whole um, cast of regular characters in in the Gamash series, which I, I can drop into. Um, more readily, but this is, if they're a new character, then she helps by by playing what I've done before with that character, or, wh- or whether um, it's it's a new one. We 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 we, we discuss it and uh, and we find it, and then we go back on it. So it's it's sort of like being in the rehearsal room in 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 theatre. You just you just you just work it out, and you uh, try it again, and then you try it another way, and then you try it again, and it slowly builds in that way so it's it's it is builds like a performance rather than just a you know sit down and, and, and read it i would imagine that there are sections where you run into dialogues and things where you're literally having a conversation with yourself um <laughs> it, do you do you break the book up into pieces the way they do with motion pictures and and maybe record things out of sequence or is it a sit down start at the beginning go for a while and then come back the next day and pick it up from there exactly that you 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 you, you right do them in sequence there are pickups at the end of a chapter we'll pick up something which we think hasn't quite worked or um, I might pick up a line I mean, in, in doing it if I'm not happy with the way a paragraph has gone or the flow of it or the phrasing of it or, um, or the light and shade of it. Um, I will very often retake. And we have a, a, a very expert engineer who um, is happy for me to do that. And um, so, But at the end of each chapter, we'll, we'll revise it. I don't drop in voices um, by, ever, really, um, in isolation. Uh, and drop in sections. I always think that sometimes you can you can tell when that's what, when that's going on, and so uh, I prefer to go charge at it. Uh, okay, maybe retake and not be uh, shy of that, but um, to, to to get the read we want to and then move on. And and when you're recording that, do you just um, you know pause uh, a little bit and and recut that section and continue on or? Or do you just continue on and then go back and, and make corrections? Um, I, I like to make corrections when and if they, they need to be made. And it's, it's either my instinct or Lorelei will, will press the button and say, let's do that one again. Or um, maybe that character is in relation to something. You have to have a sort of a tonal quality between the characters. If there's two women talking, 
for instance. Um, maybe one is, 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 is deeper than the other, and maybe I've lost the depth of, of the other character and made them both light. She'll tell me that, and she'll say, look, you've got to get this character, make, 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 bring her down in the register a bit more, as you did before. Um, things like that. And, and so we, we, it is a, it's a collaboration. And uh, so it is very much a, um, a three-person operation with, with, the, with the engineer and the director. And between us, we, we, we managed to get it done. About how long does it take to knock one of these out? Not as if you can just knock them out, but um, <laughs> but 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 really, start to finish is is this something that takes a week, takes a month? How much time does it take to do, and how much do you try to do each day? Uh, we I reckon on doing seventy to eighty pages a day. Um, so I would generally speaking do. Uh, and we were often work, some of the earlier books, we were talking to a producer in New York. So we'd start rather um, uh, civilized hour of about midday because to, to cope with her time difference. And uh, to do up till 6 p.m. from, from 12 is, is, uh, is a, feels like a good day. And you know, certainly I feel you feel it by the end of the day. Um, so are you reckon to do between 70 and 80 pages a day? It depends if, it, if it's very dialogue rich. And there's a lot of um, uh, a lot of toing and froing with different characters, and sometimes having a five people in the room together. Then uh, yeah, that, that takes its time, and 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 I I don't charge at it. I just take take my time with it, and and then any gaps in between get get uh, snipped out. And so uh, I reckon about six, usually about six sessions, six after six days, um, at about uh, six eight to forty eight. Yeah, usually the, the books are about. Um, about uh, sort of 400 pages long, so 450 pages long. So, yeah, it would take about six days usually. Do you select a particular voice for the narration, and would it be different if it was, say, somebody else's book or, or different characters? Uh, yeah, well, the narration is, is, is sort of my voice, I suppose, although I, uh, that's still a performance, but I, I still... Um, the important thing is, to, is to not to do Gamache's voice as mine, and so I have a much deeper um, uh, voice for, for Gamash, a much calmer voice than mine, um, and maybe my narration will will vary uh, depending on the, the the level of tension within the, within that narration. Whether whether it's uh, you know we might be charging through the woods in Vermont and chasing drug dealers and there's a big shootout, then obviously my narration will be slightly more heightened and 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 tense uh, as opposed to when he's sitting by the fire. In the, ca- in the in the in the in the cafe, uh, Olivier's cafe, um, smelling the wood smoke and, and drinking and drinking his beer. Um, so there's obviously tonal differences um, and 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 uh, timbre differences in in what I give as the narrator. But Gamash is always much much deeper. And uh, sometimes the director will said say, can you just distinguish that um, and make sure that there is uh, there is that difference in amongst all the differences of all the other characters. But the uh, the um, I think the Gamash is closest to my own voice, perhaps. Is a narration like this, like you've done, and I want to mention, uh, I don't even know if we've uh, had a chance to mention the the most recent book that you did, which is out now, All the Devils Are Here. Um, when you're doing the narration, is it is it just a dry read? There's no music that, that comes in and out or... or uh, sound effects or anything it's 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 all on robert bathurst 
<laughs> well, I regard it as being all on Louise Penny. But, uh, yes, it's... it's um, blame the writer. It's about her. It's nothing to do with me. And um, so, yeah, it's... Um, I just I just try and sort of fast out to say it. So you serve the writing, but no, it's not a, it's not like a, an audio drama uh, with uh, sound effects and and the rest of it. Uh, we, the, the narrative should uh, should uh, get all the atmos through. And she's very very sensual in the way she writes. She writes a lot about food and um, and and about smells and and all these things come through in in the writing. It's extremely vivid. So. I don't think you need any any help with uh, with extra music or any underscoring or anything like that. It's 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 bare. It's bare words, and um, and my job is, is is to deliver them. Do you think it's um, a, a little more intimate that way for the for the uh, listener? It is, and it's a huge responsibility. I mean, I had the responsibility of taking over from Ralph Cosham, who, as I said, was extremely popular with with the fans. And uh, so that that uh, that was a, a challenge. So that was one responsibility. The other is is to is to make the well. I think this is, this applies to any any um, certainly in theatre. You've got to make the audience feel comfortable. You've got to sort of welcome them in. You've got to not not pin them back with virtuosity or, or anything like that. You've just simply got to just to deliver it. Uh, allow okay. My interpretation is 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 how I'm reading it, but but not to swamp the. The listener's imagination too is to is to pique their imagination without um, making the reader dominant in it. To, to to make the imaging images that are created by Louise and the characters created by Louise to to attach themselves to the imagination of the author. To to in a sense that it's a contract between the listener in the terms of an audiobook um, and the author. And and any anything that I do that gets in the way of that is 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 a waste of time so um yeah the responsibility is to the author and and is to the is to the is to the audience um and that so in that sense it's uh, there's a, it's a huge challenge what do you what do you think it is about uh chief inspector armand gamage of the surete du quebec and his family that that make these uh this this series so popular with with readers and listeners I think what's remarkable about what Louise has created in these 16 books of the Gamache series is that it's, it's, it, they are mystery thrillers and there's, and there's murder. But they go more than that, I think, in that, in that I think they are, uh, you might say that they are um, how to live well in a cruel world, you might say that. that. Um, uh, Louise herself has said that, that if, if there's two words that can sum up the series, it's, it is that goodness exists. So there is, there is this um, extraordinary, um, in amongst all the violence and, um, and, 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 and the, the terror that, uh, go, that goes on in these, in these books. Really, they're very exciting. But there is, underpinning it, a sort of, I'd say mystical, I wouldn't say mystical is going too far, but you'd say there's an acceptance that in life, Tolerance and forgiveness and compassion um, I, do rule ultimately, despite the, the hideousness and the ghastliness of, what, of, of, of people's situations and actions. Uh, so there is, a, is a, there is a sort of spiritual goodness about them, spiritual in, with, with a you know, very small, small s, and it's, it's about the human character. Um, and, and it's optimistic about 
human character at a time when uh, you know one can see a lot of things going on in the world which seem to be working against that and creating great anxieties. So uh, I think they're, they are they they show that that goodness can exist, and I think that's their great legacy. You mentioned uh, Toast of London. Um, is is that done with production now? I, I know it's playing here. Um, it, and where I'm going with this, Robert, is do you work on multiple projects at the same time? Yes, I, I do. I mean, I, I've been, um, I had a theater project, uh, which was my own work, um, which uh, has been running uh, concurrently with, with everything else I've been up to, uh, which I put on in London um, uh, in February. Uh, and in March, of course, the world came to an end. <laughs> Uh, and uh, that was um, um, a, um, a project uh, celebrating, or not celebrating, championing, really, the poet Christopher Reed. And I did it as a two-hander with uh, cartoon animation. Um, so that's been in the, in the pipeline for, for, for quite a long time. I've been doing tryouts of it, and I did a tryout of it in Chicago, I did a tryout of it in, in, in all sorts of places, Edinburgh places. And uh, so that I put that on. We were doing a 12-week run, and, uh, of course, um, COVID came and... Uh, got in the way of that but um so that was running and then i've been doing my um other stage projects and and tv things so it's good to have uh, a, a, three projects on the go would be uh, would be a good way of doing it and uh, the things that might happen might not happen the things that i'm trying to happen and one and one at any one time that is happening um I'm glad you brought up COVID just because it has affected everybody around the world um, in, in some in different ways. Are you able to continue to work during the shelter at home uh, uh, guidelines or um, uh, are, are you just on a, on a long pandemic uh, hiatus? <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I have no special pleading for sympathy because every single performer uh, in in all the branches of the arts is affected. So you know, um, so at home, what, what I can do is prepare things for, for for a post-COVID world. I can do voiceovers. I've got a I've got a, a voice studio at home. I did the latest book uh, from home, talking remotely to the director. Uh, didn't have to go into the studio for that. Um, and uh, I've been doing sort of you know, the commercials and so forth, and, and also trying to set up meetings, trying to get my stage show televised. Um, and there is there is there is a bit of a glimmer. I'm going to be doing a Netflix project, um, filming in Germany, starting in October. So so things are slowly happening. But yes, the last six months have been very barren for for for, all, for artists of all all, all, all performing arts, um, with or without any any chance of an audience. The occasional, um, occasionally, sort of fun things do spring up. I was doing a commercial a while ago, and somebody said, the director said something to me which could only happen during this current era. Um, I was doing, my, doing the ad, and then the director, uh, there was a mechanical noise behind him, and he apologized, and he said, I'm very sorry, he said, my mother's on the rowing machine. And <laughs> That's not something you typically hear while producing uh, any kind of work. It's not something you would hear at all, and uh, and it, so it was on, and so it was the only sort of yes, it's the sort of thing that goes on now with everybody working at home. Had you, but, uh, yeah, it's it's been it's been gutted, it's been terrible. Had you always had uh, the ability to do um, at least voiceover and audio work uh, from home, or was that an accommodation to the pandemic? 
no, it's it's I got the gear in um, for 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 to, to to be working from home, and uh, worked out the technology and uh, rigged up a, a very um, uh, um, <laughs> very rough um, sound system. But the studio, I'm not in it today, but uh, uh, studio managers seem to think it sounds like a studio. So maybe. Uh, the way ahead will be to be able to do more remote work like that. And I think a lot of people are finding that. I, I prefer to do it um, live. I prefer to be able to talk to the person um, you know, and, uh, and seeing them. But um, it's, 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 it works, and it, and it works well. And I think that sort of, work, that sort of uh, remote working will, will continue even after we're all free. Of, of all the... This is sort of like asking somebody if they have a favorite child or a musician if they have a favorite song, but do you have a favorite role you've played or a role that you aspire to play in your career? I don't have any role that I aspire to play, but I do have a favorite role, and it's a, it's a project which I think is unfinished business, and it comes from the early 90s, and it is available. Um, it's, I don't think it's available commercially on, on DVD, but there are DVDs around of it, and it was written by a guy who um, who wrote um, uh, a series, uh, Doctor Who, and uh, oh, he, yeah. wrote, uh, he wrote uh, he wrote um, Spielberg got him to write the first of the new Tintin animations and stuff like that. But he went back to writing Doctor Who. Uh, he wrote Sherlock and um, a number of uh, other uh, the latest Dracula. He wrote. He's called Stephen Moffat, and I did a sitcom he wrote in the early nineties called Joking Apart, and I would. I would, I was. I think it's, it should be repeated. It was. It was obviously of its time, being in the early nineties. All the all the technology is is big and clunking, but it, it's it's farce in a way which is farce as an art form, farce which um, has its most brilliantly constructed comedy, written in twenty eight minutes for sitcom length, uh, where the ten first ten minutes are funny enough, for the second ten minutes the development is 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 funny, but the last ten minutes can sometimes be a sort of protracted madness. And I think of the 12 episodes we did, that's all we did. I reckon eight of them are, are, are classic farces which will endure. So I'd say Joking Apart um, would be definitely the most enjoyable job I've ever done. Um, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to track that down and, and uh, take a look. Um, I, I, and, and I especially love British humor, and that, that's an acquired taste for some Americans. <laughs> Well, yes, perhaps. I, it's, um, I'm interested to see how Toast of London goes with uh, American audiences. We had John Hamm came in and did, a, did an episode <laughs> with us, because uh, uh, he, he said he was a fan of the show, and so he came along. Um, and I think that's got its own sort of strange quirkiness. And, it, and again, it's not something that you could ever say was anything. Was, it meet, doesn't meet anything, apart from, in my mind, the language of it meets Joe Orton. But... Uh, uh, beyond that, I don't think it's uh, it's got any resonances at all for any other show. See, even you do it occasionally, Robert. <laughs> something meets something. <laughs> Caught you. Well, exactly. Well, yeah, well, exactly. So it's like a little bit of meats in there as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Robert, we're we're just about out of time. The time is going so fast, and I'm enjoying this conversation so much. But I, I want to ask, with all the things that are that are coming up for you, um, as as we wind out of this uh, pandemic uh, crisis, um, are, are there more gamash stories on deck for you? 
Um, I would hope it's entirely up to uh, to Louise. Uh, every every Gamash that I've read uh, in the in this in these um, in these books, um, I always think Gamash is going to going to be finally written out, and he's, he gets into such danger, into such peril. Um, and as yet, <laughs> uh, she hasn't killed him off. Uh, and, uh, so um, yes, I saw when when I uh, read the read the next one, maybe, and I'm, there is a next one, I gather. Um, uh, I just hope that uh, Gamash keeps going. Uh, she 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 crafts so brilliantly, and she presages big issues as well. I mean, the, the one of the ones uh, she wrote, um, uh, Kingdom of the Blind. Um, she she talked about opioids before opioids became a, a big a big thing. And, and all the devils are here. It's a wonderful book set in Paris, um, and uh, so many of the. Um, so many of these Gamash stories start, uh, are set in Three Pines, which is a, a mythical village in, in Canada. And every second one is set away from Three Pines. Um, the latest one is set in Paris. And again, you think, surely Gamash can't survive this. Uh, but he has. So um, my heart's <laughs> in my mouth every time I read them. Yeah, I, I always think when uh, a writer gets to the end of the book, it has that feeling, but wait, there's more. <laughs> yeah. And also, what's more, I, I always test the studio manager. The, the, uh, the studio engineer, uh, as, we're, as we're progressing, I say, OK, right, um, who did it? And, uh, and, and all the way through, every single time, they got it wrong, which is a good sign. That is a good sign. Um, Robert, we've got to wrap it up here, but I always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find, about, find out more about you, what you've done, what you're doing, what you're going to be doing. Do you have a website? I don't. I don't have a website. I did have a website, um, which I forgot to. Um, this is in the early days, and I forgot to renew the domain name. It's been taken over by um, some. It's got Chinese characters on it, so someone's taken it over. Um, I did on it have a uh, have a button which said "My Greatest Hits," which was <laughs> clips of me being punched and punched and kicked and killed and oh, blown up funny. in various uh, various things over the years. Um, I have a on IMDb. I have a um, a, a rather. Um, irreverent, not irreverent, a rather lighter-hearted um, biog, which you can um, which you can read. Um, but uh, no, my only um, my only plea is for people to. Uh, my, my stage show is about the poet Christopher Reed. Uh, two poems called um, books called A Scattering and The Song of Lunch, and that was the um, the first and second half of my stage show with cartoons. And uh, I I would recommend anybody that's, that's a project I want to pick up and take away and and uh, play again in Chicago one day, play in Australia, play in London, and uh, it, it's, it's, it's unfinished business. Well, Robert, thank you so much for spending this time with me, and best of luck with everything you do. Thank you very much, Tom. Lovely to speak to you. Take care. That was uh, Robert Bathurst, uh, probably best known for his, uh, at least here in the U.S., for his role as Sir Anthony Stralin in Downton Abbey. He is the narrator of... All the Devils Are Here by number one New York Times bestselling author Louise Penny. We'll have more of the Tom Sumner program straight ahead.
This is Joe By from the Blue Lions, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hi, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. If you like talk radio that makes you think without telling you what to think, check out our whole show weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern at TomSumnerProgram.com. Selected segments are also available on this and other radio stations, but you can hear us anytime. Daily editions of the Tom Sumner Program repeat online all day and night on the show's website. Past shows can be found in the website archives. My long-format interviews with New York Times best-selling author photographers and writers from National Geographic, as well as artists, musicians, candidates, and elected officials are made possible by listeners like you. Support the Tom Sumner Program and Civilized Talk Radio. Visit our website at TomSumnerProgram.com and become a member. You can make a one-time gift or become a sustaining patron by taking the link to the Tom Sumner Program Patreon page. Thanks for listening and thanks for your support. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums. Where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses. And where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County. Where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at Michigan.org. Thank you, and thank you all for tuning in. You know, we know that tough times don't last, but tough people do. We've been through a lot here in Michigan. We've been through crisis before, where the country needed their countrymen and countrywomen to pitch in collectively to get through a crisis and rise to the occasion. Michigan once was the arsenal of democracy to win World War II. We need that same spirit now. We're working around the clock with doctors and hospitals and first responders to stop the spread and to save lives, but we need your help too. The state has launched a new volunteer website at www.michigan.gov forward slash fight COVID-19, where trained medical professionals can register to serve their fellow Michiganders by assisting hospitals in fighting COVID-19. State residents can also use the site to find out how they can help in their local communities by giving blood or donating resources or needed medical supplies. Whether you're a medical professional looking to volunteer or you're someone who can give blood or donate to your local food bank, everyone can help out. To get through this, we must all do our part. Stay home, stay safe and save lives. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. I know of a place where you never get harmed. 
a magical place with magical charms indoors 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 take it away hey this is first ward city councilman eric mays and you're listening to the tom sumner program Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. Milestones are never really recognized right away. It takes uh, oh, 50, 60 years before people realize what an achievement it is. Like, um, take for instance tobacco and uh, the discovery of tobacco. It was discovered by Sir Walter Raleigh. You know, he, and he sent it over to England from the colonies. And uh, it seems to me the uses of tobacco aren't obvious right off the bat, you know. And I imagine a phone conversation between Sir Walter Raleigh and the head of the West Indies Company in, in England uh, explaining about the shipment of tobacco that he had just sent over. I, I think it would go something like this. Yeah, who, who is it, Mary? Sir Walter Raleigh from the colonies. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, put him on, will you? Uh, Harry? Yeah, you want to pick up the extension? It's, uh, it's Nutty Wall again. Hi, <laughs> 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 hi, Walt, baby. How are you, guy? Uh, how's, how's everything going? I think things are fine here, Walt. D- did we get the what? Uh, the boatload of turkeys. Yeah, they, they arrived fine, Walt. Uh-huh. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, they're still here, Walt. Uh, they're, they're wandering all over London, as a matter of fact. Uh, see, that's, uh, that's an American holiday, Walt. Uh-huh. Uh, what, what is it this time, Walt? You, you got another winner for us, uh, do you? Tobacco. <laughs> What's tobacco, Walt? It, it's a kind of leaf. And you bought 80 tons of it. <laughs> uh, let me get this straight now, Walt. You, you bought 80 tons of leaves? <laughs> this, uh... This may come as kind of a surprise to you, Walt, but uh, uh, come fall in England here, we're kind of up to our... uh... It it isn't that kind of leap. But what is it, a a special food of some kind, is it, Walt? Not exactly. It has a lot of different uses. Like, what are some of the uses, Walt? Are, are you saying snuff, Walt? What's, what's snuff? You, you take a pinch of tobacco. <laughs> and you shove it up your nose. <laughs> and it makes you sneeze, huh? <laughs> I, I imagine it would, Walt, yeah. <laughs> See, uh, uh, Goldenrod seems to do it pretty well over here, Walt. 
<laughs> it, it has some other uses though. You, you can chew it <laughs> or put it in a pipe or, or you can shred it up and put it on a piece of paper and roll it up. <laughs> don't, don't tell me, Walt. Don't, don't tell me. <laughs> you, you stick it in your ear, right, Walt? <laughs> all, all between your lips. Well, uh, <laughs> then, then what do you do to it? Well, <laughs> you set fire to it, Walla. <laughs> then, then what do you do, Walt? You inhale the smoke. Uh, <laughs> you know, Walt, it seems offhand like you can stand in front of your fireplace and have the same thing going for you, you know? <laughs> See, Walt, uh, we've been a little worried about you, you know. <laughs> Ever since you put your, your, your cape down over that mud, you know. <laughs> See, Walt, I, I think you're going to have kind of a tough time uh, uh, selling people on sticking burning leaves in their mouth. <laughs> you, it's going very big over there, is it? What, what's the matter, Walt? You spilt your what? Your coffee. What's, what's coffee, Walt? <laughs> that's, that's a drink you make out of beans, huh? <laughs> that, that's going over very big there, too, is it? But, a lot of people have the coffee right after their first cigarette in the morning, huh? Is that what you call a burning leaves, Walt? Cigarettes? Uh-huh. I'll tell you what, Walt. Why don't you send us a boatload of those beans, too? If you can talk people in, into putting those burning leaves in their mouth, they gotta go for those beans, Walt. <laughs> and listen, Walt, don't call us, we'll call you. Right, Walt, come on, come on. This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program.
Hey, we're just getting started on today's edition of the Tom Sumner program. A little send-up there from the Jackson 5 to all the kids going back to school today. And uh, a little something-something from uh, Bob Newhart in the uh, comedy spotlight. Uh, a little Sir Walter Raleigh. And that was kind of in honor of our guest from the UK today, uh, Robert Bathurst. Uh, what, a, what a delightful uh, conversation with that actor and uh, voiceover artist. He, uh, of course, best known to uh, U.S. audiences as Sir Anthony Strallen in Downton Abbey. He uh, has narrated a new book by Louise Penny, who was on the show back in 2015, coming up uh, right after the top of the hour. We're going to hear the hour I spent with uh, Louise Penny back in 2015. She is the author of uh, now 16 best-selling books in the... Um, Inspector Gamache series. He is the chief inspector for the Sûreté de Quebec, and uh, he has um, won the hearts of millions. And uh, as has uh, our guest Robert Bathurst. What a delightful conversation! Then a little later uh, in the show, we are going to pay a little bit more tribute to uh, going back to school, but we're also going to talk with. Um, uh, Dr. Ann Riley from uh, Philadelphia and uh, the work being done there um, with regard to uh, pediatric cancer research. And uh, I spoke with her recently. We'll hear that conversation coming up in the third half of our three-hour tour known as the Tom Sumner Program. So stay tuned. we got lots more to go. And uh, don't touch that dial. Don't click that mouse. We'll be right back. You pilots, get off my lawn! We're trying to do a radio show down here! It's a Tom Sumner program, don't you know? Go on! Go on, get out of here! 